This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I'm going to have to change my name to Negro Damas because I keep predicting things that end up happening. Okay, so during the 2016 election cycle, Donald J. Trump was running against a whole 16 people, and no one thought he had a chance, and I said he did, which is what precipitated me forming this whole party Lincoln movement to try to thwart that from happening, because I saw it. I was like, this can happen. We got to show up. Register as Republicans. Let's go. Let's go and mess up the whole thing, and no one listened to me. So then he became the nominee, and no one thought he was going to win, and that happened. Right. And as you've heard in several other podcasts, that happened. And I told you it was going to happen. I found and let me thank the YouTube crowd out there. Somebody in the YouTube comments dropped a video that I forgot I did. An interview with Steve Adubato once again back from December 2018, where I said the perfect ticket for the Democratic Party would be Biden Harris. I said that out of my mouth. You hear it. It's coming up. I'm just I'm feeling some ways right now about myself. Uh, but up next is me on the other side of the mic being interviewed by Steve Adubato on race and politics. And in this interview, I predicted that the Biden Harris ticket would be the one that could win. Now, I'm not going to say that that's going to win in November, but if it doesn't, um, this night, this podcast may be brought to you by Costa Rica because <laughs> that's where I'm moving. No, I, I'm not moving. I'm probably staying and fighting, but you know. But this podcast is brought to you by Ashford University. When you're thinking of your future and hopefully it's bright and you're thinking about your goals, you also need to be thinking about the skills that you need to add to your repertoire. So if you were on the, you know, thinking about going back to school and just it's like, man, COVID. Nope, you don't have to worry about it. Ashford University, they have you covered. All your big dreams and goals can now also have some skills attached to them. They have online bachelor's and master's degree programs that will allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule. You can learn from anywhere because, again, it's online and you get these real world ex experiences and skills from real faculty expert teachers. Ashford has 60 plus programs that include business administration and healthcare administration, which is a huge marketplace right now. And you have 24 seven access to your classroom, daily support and financial aid is also available. Ashford will give you the tools that you need to go from dreaming to doing. Go right now, the classes are starting. Your future is ahead of you. Go to Ashford University. There are no fees to apply, no standardized testing required. Go to ashford.edu slash Karen. That's ashford.edu slash K-A-R-E-N, ashford.edu slash Karen. Not all programs are available in all states. By the way, Every time I check out your show or are lucky enough to be on your show, the conversation is compelling, an overused word, but true, provocative, and makes people think, mm. what are you trying to do? Change the world? Uh, make it better than I, than I found it? Yeah. I, isn't that our, all of our... Uh, shouldn't we all be trying we, to do... That's the conversation you and I had uh, the other day, yeah. so I'm going to get right into it. And When I was doing Karen's show, we were like, hey, why is it that it seems so hard for us even if we have different political points of view, which you and I have on some things, we agree on others, to be civil and respectful to each other. Why is it so darn hard? I don't know. I think uh, people aren't being raised. <laughs> you know, you and I are the same generation. Uh, there were expectations in our homes. Our families probably ate dinner together. You know, it was conversation. I know I couldn't bring home anything less than a B. I know that you know, I had to say please and thank you. If my mother called me, I couldn't say what. Mm. 
that my my whole mouth area would be um, someplace else. Understood. What? <laughs> Just if I forgot and said what, that was a problem. And you know, there was a, a level of decorum where you knew how to behave outside of the home. You mm -hmm. know, as well. You know, the, we we kind of knew the rules. Today, I think people aren't raised. I think they're not raising children. They're raising friends and um, probably coddling too much mm. because they feel bad. And you know, we're not challenging our young people and our older people to be better. So when it came when it came to the question of or comes to the question of political discourse, which you and I discussed, I said to you, and I'll say it here: that one of the struggles I have is that there are a fair number of friends I have uh, mm. back in Jersey, which you know better than most, right? Who are supportive of Donald Trump. And that's their right. It's a beautiful thing about this country. And that's not the issue. The issue is you cannot get into a discussion with many of my friends, and you know who you are, family, others. Because if you raise an issue that's not even political, but it's about name-calling, it's about misogyny, it's about calling a woman a name by her phys based on her physical appearance, by mocking someone, ridiculing someone's war record, and saying they're not, they're not a hero, and just the horrible things that are said. And I said, you know, we wouldn't, exp we we if our sons or daughters acted that way, we know what we would do, and they're like, oh, that's just talk. I'm into the policy, you say. You know what I'm talking about. Don't no, look no, at me like, I'm, I'm they'll what? say that's just him right. talking. Right, and even if that were the case, right? Like, does it, re the president is the statesman, right? He's the representation of America, right? Not just here, but to the world. That's and we're right. seeing how that's playing out right now, how the world sees us. Uh, as a result of a president who has no decorum, no humanity, very little humanity, no um, self-awareness, um, thinks he's the smartest person in the room, which if you think that, you're already, you know, behind. Because, you know, one of the great things about being really smart is knowing that you don't know a lot, right? Mm. That there's so much that you don't know. You ask so, a lot of questions, you're curious. So that you could pull a lever and support not just the behavior, Steve, it's beyond the behaviors, the representation of America. Is this who we are? And so that's the question that I put on the table. And the other part of this, because your audience is a mixed, diverse audience, but mm -hmm. urban. Urban, whatever that is. Yeah, let's say black. Urban. Let's say black. I'm from <laughs> Newark. I could say urban, and, but yeah. it is it's yeah. disproportionately black. Yeah. Do you think that Donald Trump, as our president, he is our president, mm -hmm. has any meaningful ability to connect with the African-American community? I don't think he has any meaningful ability to connect with anybody with a soul, right? So even even people who support him, I have to ask them, how's your health care? You know, uh, are your steel jobs really coming back? The coal jobs, are they coming back? These tariffs, how are they impacting farmers? We have to subsidize, and then there's a negative backlash, you know, uh, because we're subsidizing farmers, now other things are, are faltering. Um, well, hold on, Karen, I'm sorry for interrupting. You're not saying that if someone voted for a supportive of Donald Trump, they quote unquote do not have a soul. I'm saying that you're not paying attention to the things that may matter to you, right? If you're, unless you're the 1% and you need a tax break for your jet, because that's who's really benefiting, right? So uh, inheritance taxes and things like that, right? You own corporations. You're doing really well. Actually, I'm doing well financially. My accountant said next year you're going to do well. Mm. This is going to be a great year for you. And I'm like, good, good. But I still think that there are more important things than my bottom line. And so if, you're, if your bottom line is the most important thing to you, I'm going to question your soul and your humanity. I just have to. So if we talk about we're not a horse race show, you know that. We, there are right. too many other shows that are doing that. But 2020, there will be a lot of Democrats lined up. Mm. You've interviewed some of them. You know many of them. There will be others we don't know. 
Is there a chance there'll be so many Democrats lined up in 2020 that beat the heck out of each other in a primary? Well, that... one could argue that's what happened with Republicans and we got Trump, so maybe we'll get the absolute worst possible. Maybe there'll be a Michael Avenatti <laughs> ticket. I'm not that so sure could... right now. Yeah, he, he argues that, you know, this is good for him. But anyway, we're living in a place where you would think that about Trump, right? Mm. Like, with everything that he had, his baggage was heavy. It was worse than anything Santa Claus could haul down a chimney, right? Uh, not just the wives and, and the cheating and the, the commentary and the lawsuits and the porn stars and the Playboy bunnies and, you know. And all, access and the Hollywood. Hey, the listen, on this yeah. bus with Billy Bush, how do you even get past that? I don't know. Thank you, because we had the absolute worst candidate ever running against him. And not from a, a human standpoint, because I think she would have made a fantastic president. Not but a feeling. could not relate to too many people for it to matter, right? So Anyone jump out? Sorry for interrupting. No. Anyone jump out at you in the Democratic field that you say, hey, he or she... Here's my ticket. Go ahead. Perfect ticket. And it's not a perfect ticket. This is a ticket that will, can win. Joe Biden at the top. Kamala Harris as vice president. From out in California, Senator Harris. So you got Joey, blue collar, roll up your sleeves, white man who can get in the ring and battle Trump verbally. They're about the same age, but Joey's got a little bit more street credibility. Trump hasn't even uh, waged any battles at all. Matter of fact, President Bone Spurs, as I may call him from time to time, refuses to fight for this country. Joey Joey has a, a different background. He's got a son uh, that, you know, that just passed away. Yeah, that that. That has that that will have America's heart, and, and Kamala Harris, you have, uh, you know, the California, the 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 race, you know, the black woman thing. Even though you know she's of course uh, half Indian, but I think that's even appealing. And I see Joe Biden coming in. This is my dream. He he wins the presidency. Then he says, you know what? I I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, and then what? Race, and taps out. She becomes president. Yeah, yeah that's my yeah, that's my dream. And then you go to the cabinet. No, I, I <laughs> want gig, no parts. I want your gig's no too good. No, I not as not only is my gig too good. I think polit politicians they lose a part of anything that they want to do that's good. I'm, I'm listening to Michelle Obama's book Becoming, and you realize how much sacrifice there is, not just of your personal life and, right. and other things, but you sacrifice and you you have to you know change your ideals to to compromise them because that's what a real politician. That's not Karen about. Hunter. Never, I could never compromise the things that I want to get done and accomplish. I couldn't do it, yeah. You know, time ain't left, I'm curious about this. I, I ask you about this and you give me the same answer all the time. You optimistic? You know what, I thought about that when I was coming here today. I'm less optimistic than I was the last time you, you spoke You told me, me you have to be. I, after Florida, Georgia, and Mississippi. You're talking about the midterms? Yeah. I. I was so disappointed in this country that you could vote for a woman that said she would show up to a public hanging who could who who couldn't articulate any policy that would be beneficial to Mississippi that is in the bottom five of just about every category from health care to education. Mm. You would pull a lever for her. I just I was like, what, what is what is going on here? And Gilliam's loss was powerful for you. It, w it was painful, but it was, it was bittersweet because he was fifth when I went to Florida. We did a voter registration drive last yeah, year. Yeah, you did. He was in fifth place. And I went to Florida twice. And so I feel like responsible for him getting that far. I'm just going to take credit for it. <laughs> uh, but but um, an incredible human being. Yeah. That he got that far, how many people voted with the voter suppression, with all of the shenanigans that happened. With the, he, it was a, it was a, they had to recount. 
So there's, I'm still optimistic, and uh, more than a million people, felons, former felons, got their voting rights back in Florida. So Florida's a mixed bag of nuts. Still optimistic. Yeah, still. Not as, but still. I, I pray, this generation, you're raising beautiful children. You're, and I teach at Hunter, and this scarf is actually from one of my, my older students. I had a 76-year-old student who uh, gave me the scarf. She didn't think I was dressed properly. So uh, <laughs> shout out to you, Pat Johnson. But um, That is John Johnson. John Johnson's ex-wife, right. yeah. Two um, seconds, go ahead. Yeah, um, but I, I see the young people, and they don't care as much about race. They don't care much about all of the things that we seem to put uh, a lot of importance on, and they're super smart. This generation, the Parkland generation, they're going to save us. So I'm optimistic about the future.